Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in. It is the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was kind of interesting, you know, to hear Albert Okuwebunam break his silence, if you will, on the, at least for him anyway, tectonic trade of Noah Fant getting dealt to Seattle as part of the Rust trade, and then also his response or at least what he claims his response is, to the third-round selection of Greg Dulcich. We can go through it here. I'll pull up the quotes, but what do you make of it? I want to apologize to anyone if my sound is coming off a little low today. My mic arm broke, so I'm going traditional stand. Hope it comes through clear. But I do like what Alberto said about the trade. He had the same reaction that I would have had if I was in his shoes. I didn't put too much thought into it. I'm working to be the tight end one. I'm working to win the starting spot, and uh, he's just another uh, competitor I have to beat out. He seemed happier, though, uh, for Noah Fant, who got dealt to Seattle, called it a good opportunity for him, and he's happy that he gets to compete, and uh, Noah Fant will compete for the number one role as well. So I like the way Alberto handled himself, but my favorite quote of his came about Russell Wilson uh, when he was asked about how Wilson – earned the respect in the Broncos locker room. If you scroll up, it's, I think, the second quote Mm -hmm. on there. And he says, there was no process. He already had that respect, and he he proves that every single day he comes in the building. He reestablishes that. I really like what he said there. On the subject of his homie, Noah Fant, getting dealt, here's what he said specifically, Alberto, quote, I saw Noah being traded. I think that it's good for him. He gets a good opportunity, a fresh start in Seattle. I love Noah. Obviously, that opens up a big opportunity for me. I've just been focusing on that and approaching every day with that opportunity and having that competitiveness. Overall, just trying to be the best tight end I can be and, as Zach mentioned, compete for that number one role. Well, how did you feel, Albert, two years removed from you getting drafted in the fourth round about Greg Dulcich getting picked in round three this year? Quote, I didn't think too much of it. I'm still just focusing and approaching it as being ready to step into that number one spot and do the best of my ability and approach every day. The same close quote. So Zach on that subject, do you think Alberto is ready to be a number one tight end for the Denver Broncos, like a bona fide starter? Depends on your definition of starter. Is that a George Kittle type who does it all, or is it a pure pass catching weapon that can move the change and chains and beat, teams down the seam. That's what I think Alberto was drafted to be. That's what he was in conjunction with Noah Fant. I don't fault Denver for picking up another tight end 
But like you and I both said, when it happened, and a lot of other Broncos fans, we might have faulted Denver for taking that tight end where they did. I'm a big Alberto guy. If he nails down the uh, drops that he's had, he stays healthy, he could be another weapon in this passing offense. People push back against the notion that Russell Wilson didn't use his tight ends in Seattle, and they pointed out the Disleys and the Jimmy Grahams. Well, what do you think Alberto could be? I'm not saying Jimmy Graham, but he can definitely be a weapon. He can definitely be a higher-end Will Disley, at least in the pass-catching department. You can never have too many weapons, especially for a franchise quarterback. And I feel like if they lean into Alberto's skill set, they, they've already got something there. You know, Alberto might not be the same smooth athlete that Jimmy Graham was in his prime, but I think with the right quarterback, you could approach – that level of an upside with Albert O, of course, again, contingent on him taking to the coaching. And then of course, Russell Wilson really bonding with him real quick. Let's grab this super chat from Sam Bam, who jumped in the chat early before we went live. Really appreciate that. My, my dog, 30 bucks, dude, thank to you. us. That means the world. Thank you, buddy. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach and Broncos country. I'm proud to announce. Uh Oh, here comes an announcement. I begin a new chapter in my life with, Ameriprise Financial this week. So we got a new job here. Also, 16 weeks to go until the opener and 116 days to go until Russ cooks the Seahawks. Dude, that's so cool. Congratulations to you, my friend. Mazels, that is super, super cool. Hope it uh hope you knock it out of the park for for that firm. Yeah, congrats, Sam, and I can't wait for that week one matchup, Chad. It gets juicier and juicier, I feel like, with each passing day. I heard from the Seahawks beat that Geno Smith is a little ahead of Drew Locke in that quarterback battle because of familiarity, but no matter who is quarterbacking Seattle, you ever you know when you go to the grocery store and you, you go to the, uh, the, the meat section and you see the shish kebabs already pre-made? That's going to be the Seahawks. A bird, some green pepper, <laughs> some onions, throw it on the grill. Russell Wilson chefing it all. It's going to be a fun night. And a delicious night. I'm hungry now, dude. Dang it. I got to wait an hour. Oh, well. I'll be all right. Smouse in the house. ZW Designs jumping in. Long time member of our community. A legendary Super Chat superstar here. Appreciate you, Zachary. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you for the super. He says, I will miss Fant, but I'm excited to see Albert O. I am too. And I'm also, Zach, really intrigued to see how much what's a good way how seriously albert has taken especially with i mean he's known from the time he was drafted he needs to step his game up uh, as a blocker i mean every almost every college tight end that comes into the league that's the brief but in his case all of a sudden you see fant go out the door and wide open shot at number 1 problem is you're not really going to be the number 1 unless you can block can you block? Can you at least offer a semi-plausible threat of being a blocker so that we don't necessarily have to take you off the field in those downs and thus keeping our uh, our offense, I should say, being able to keep defenses on their heels? But it's like, did you draft Alberto for his blocking? I know it's part of the position, but he's a pass catcher first and foremost. It'd be like signing Von Miller and using him as a, a in pass coverage, not as a pass rusher. Hello, what the Broncos did last year under Vic Fangio before he got traded. So yeah, he has to clean up his blocking. He has to stay healthy, clean up the, the drops that he's had. He's still an ascending player, far from perfect, but you draft him to be a pass catcher and you kept him around to add to that arsenal. 
You already have two blocking specialists on the roster, Chad. You picked up two this offseason. Why do you need a third specifically for that? I think his pair of hands and what he can do down the seam is going to benefit the Broncos. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh I mean, we've seen him with his ball with the ball in his hands. I mean, that's one thing that I will say is strikingly different, and then we'll grab David here. Between the technically faster Albert Okawebunam, who ran a four four nine at the combine to no offense four five. It's not just that he was a fraction of a, a second faster, Zach. It's that he did it at an inch taller and about 10 pounds heavier than no offense for what that's worth. With the ball in their hand, though, that's where these two kind of separate. Now, if you get the ball to Noah Fant in space, that speed and his twitch can – we've seen multiple touchdowns of 60-plus uh, yards from Noah Fant because he gets the ball in space and just turns on the Jets and goes. Albert O, however – well, and then last year we see from Noah Fant, much, much by design, literally, by Pat Shermer, catch the ball, fall down, catch the ball, fall down, really frustrated fans, even though that was kind of what they were asking him to do in the offense. Meanwhile, Albert O, who was also being asked that, Zach, here's where it kind of juxtaposes, also being asked, run the short route, catch it. Maybe you can break a tackle, but, you know, just possess the ball. When that dude catches the ball, man, he's leaping over dudes. He's breaking tackles. He's making more than just a, 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 you know, effort. Like he's really trying to advance the ball. And that's one thing I really dig. Can't wait to see how that can play out with a quarterback who understands how to maximize that in an offense. You know, I wish he would have caught it because in the Steelers game last year, he toasted a defensive back. Might have been a linebacker or a safety down the sideline. It would have been a touchdown if he didn't bobble it. It was actually one of Teddy's best balls that he threw last year uh, at all. And uh, Alberto should have came up with it, but it shows his separation ability. It shows his big playability. I'm a big Alberto guy. That's why I was kind of taken aback a little bit by using a third round pick on a tight end when you yeah. already invested one that you're still trying to mine and get the potential from. They love them some Greg Dulcich around that building. I'll tell you what, David Wilder, thank you for being patient, my friend. And thank you for the support that you are always giving MHH. He says, Good evening, Chad Zach Scott and Broncos Country, Albert O is going to take this opportunity that he has and run with it, I believe. But glad to have Dulcich. He'll be good too. Hashtag let's ride and MHH for life. Love it. Mark the God King. What is going on, dude? He says, Chad and Zach, it's been a pleasure. Legendary figure here at MHH. Mark Langley, a.k.a. Mark from Georgia. Bro, I've missed you. I have wondered deep in my heart, where have you been? But now, hey, all that that's water under the bridge, dude. You're here now. That's what matters most. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and Penny at one of the meet and greets this fall. It sounds a little cryptic there, Mark. With It's been a pleasure. So we hope everything's okay, and we certainly appreciate your contribution. As always, uh, let us know how you're doing, and uh, it's good to see you. Thankfully, I've got the syntax interpreter. Yeah, let us know, dude. I miss that. I miss that. Uh, Dylan, appreciate you being with us tonight, as always, my brother. And reminding everybody, small thing you can do, like this video, especially if you're on Facebook, especially if you are on YouTube. Quick update for you guys as we get ready to grab Michael Ronquillo here. The stars goal on Facebook, Whoa. as you know, trying to reach 200,000 stars. When we do, we're going to raffle off a jersey. Here's your top five, okay? As it currently stands, we are at... Uh, to goal here, let me scroll back up. We're at 37% complete, 
and a few days past 50% of the month. So we're a little bit behind the eight ball, but we've made up some ground significantly over the last few days. Here are the top five folks. All right. And it kind of cuts off here. So I'll read it for you. Travis Weber. Uh, Actually, in order for me to read that, I'm going to have to minimize my screen. Apologies, y'all. We got Travis Weber. We got Pete. We got Ben Wallman. We got Andrew Lampy. Pardon me at the top. Wait, what did, what did that show? Yeah, there we go. Thank you. We've got Tim Hoffman, number one. Pardon me. Mark Schrader, number two. Gary Leeds Palmer, number three. Lawrence Rivera, four. And Jacob, the silent one, Foster. See, I'm picking up on these things, my dog. I'm picking up. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks. Keep it up. We, we don't want to not hit goal again this month. We want to raffle off some jerseys. Hey. Ma- Mark's, Mark's trolling us, dude. He's trolling us. LMAO, he says. What's up, my guys? I'm going to be a papa. Sorry, been super busy. Just wanted to say, no kidding, a granddad, right? (laughs) Either way, congratulations, Mark. Thank you for sharing that news with us. Yes. Thankfully, it's something worse. Pretty sure, right? That's what you're talking about here. I mean, either way, congrats, dude. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, Michael Ronquillo. Talking about cool here. And by the way, Mark, dude, I want to know this, the deets, so shoot me a text. Michael Ronquillo, love you, bro. Thank you, Appreciate Michael. you every single night, consistent as the day is long. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. On the Mile High Huddle, go Broncos. Yeah, boy. We'll see uh, here in a little bit. I'll do an update on the Super Chat contest on YouTube and let you know where you stand there, Mike. But I know for a fact you're still top five. Kenny Wong, what's going on, bro? Appreciate that Super Chat. That's a newer name. Welcome. Cool name, too. Welcome, Kenny. Connect on Twitter. He says, what is Nathaniel Hackett's offensive style like? Really good question. It's West Coast, baby. West Coast offense. But when we talk about the West Coast, technically, Pat Shermer said he ran away. He, he, his scheme was West Coast. But the big difference between, say, uh, Nathaniel Hackett West Coast and a Pat Shermer West Coast was Pat liked to run the West Coast principles, specifically the passing principles and, and a little bit of zone, inside, outside zone, uh, out of 13 personnel where you only you have three receivers, one tight end, one back, right? So a lot of gun, a lot of shotgun, not as much under center stuff. Whereas if you can think back, Kenny, to the Mike Shanahan d- salad days in Denver, that's the type of offense Hackett believes in. That's what he's going to implement here. It's going to look a lot like the Niners. It's going to look a lot like um, – Probably more like the Niners, to be honest with you, than the than the Packers. Going to look a lot like the Rams. So zone blocking scheme, it's going to all look very, very familiar, to be honest. And it's going to emphasize pushing the ball down the field when they drop back to pass. It's going to be a big element, a big part of the uh, offensive game plan. I- I'll be a little more vague than Chad was. I agree with all his points. All of them are uh, they're all uh, definitely factual, but we don't really know what Hackett is going to look like. His offense, he's changed and grown a lot and learned a lot since his time in Jacksonville. And he's taken, I'm sure he'll take elements from the Matt LaFleur offense in Green Bay. He'll take some of what he did with Aaron Rodgers, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, and apply that to another future Hall of Famer in Russell Wilson. So everything Chad laid out, I think, is the groundwork, is the baseline for his offense. Those are all staples. But the little tweaks and little changes he's added and made here and there, we don't really know. We will see uh, when the games start. It's going to be exciting. Lawrence Rivera, what's going on, big dog? Appreciate you. Another great, consistent supporter of MHH. 
He says, what's up, guys? Going to cook and get my son's room done. Broncos colors with the chalkboard wall to draw up some plays. Got to start them young. Indoctrinate them young. You got to do it, Lawrence. Yes, indeed. Hey, it happened to me. Happened to Zach, too. So we wouldn't be here probably talking to you guys if our dads didn't indoctrinate us into the ways of the football, into the way of the pigskin. As I revealed to you in Vegas, Chad, my middle name is based around a football player. So it's been literally from birth. I've been indoctrinated into the NFL. So I'm GLP. Love you, big dog. He says, I don't think Dulcich is a threat to Albert O this year. There's a learning curve for anyone coming into the league. And and that's true in the sense that every rookie has a learning curve to overcome. But the rate at which they overcome and bridge that is dependent on multiple factors, probably the most prominent of which is what's between the ears, what's in the heart, and then talent. You know, combine those three things. So Greg Dulcich, I guess what I'm getting at here is, you know, he's a pretty smart dude and he's a hardworking dude. I mean, this is a walk-on at UCLA that just got drafted to the Denver Broncos that picked, you know, whatever it was in the third round. That dude is driven. He's a driven man, all right? To make it to where he is today as a walk-on takes some juice. And so that's coming at Alberto. Not to say Alberto's not a driven person, um, but in the case of Dulcich, his path to even being on the radar for the NFL was fraught with many more obstacles than Albert O's. Does that mean he's going to learn it faster? Does that mean he's going to develop quicker? Not necessarily, but here's one thing I'll say as a caveat, Gary, to Dulcich as a rookie this year and what impact he might have. Nathaniel Hackett freaking loves this dude. Nathaniel Hackett is going to find ways to use him in the passing game. So he might not be on the field 24-7, you know, blocker, all this. He's going to be in the involved in the passing game. Uh, yeah, everything, uh, like you said, is, is true. And there is going to be a learning curve. And he might not make a huge year one impact. But I'll tell you what I don't care about is his hair. Uh, they, they're already making too much of it because he has long, flowy hair. Same thing as Miners with the belly last year. I don't care about that, whether he's bald, whether he has long hair, whether he wears a wig. If he helps out the Broncos, I'm A-OK. It's going to be a jump from college to the NFL like every other player goes through. I just hope the Broncos can find reps for all their pass-catching weapons, Alberto and Dulcich included, and Michaela Baum. Holy smokes. This is like thermonuclear Michaela Baum from the top rope. Holy smokes. Golly. Thank you. Seriously. Appreciate you so much. Love you. You should get your jersey if not. If you didn't get it today, you'll probably have it tomorrow, by the way. So be looking for that. But thank you so much. Wow. Just sometimes I get overwhelmed here. She says, congratulations to Mark, new dad to be. But I'm pretty sure Mark's saying, confirming, Papa, that's grandpa to him. Pretty sure. I'm interpreting. He says, yes, Chad and Zach at 631. So either way, big congrats coming your way, Mark, from Michaela here and the community. But she says, I really like Alberto. But I think our new tight end will light a fire up his you-know-what, LOL. And you do know what. (laughs) Thank you so much, Michaela. Congrats to Mark. And uh, a lot of good news tonight. It's a feel-good podcast on this Thursday, Chad. So, uh, Michaela, sharing the love. We definitely appreciate you, Michaela. The Duchess of the Huddle Up podcast. I don't know, though. I mean, does Alberto need a fire to be lit? He never struck me as a guy who lacked passion or lacked love for the game. If anything, he's been motivated by 
the Dulcich pick and also the injury he already suffered, it's been a fraught start to his NFL career. And I think that motivation alone, like he laid out, I'm coming for the number one spot, not looking into too much of anything else. I think he has all the motivation he needs. He's on the right track and just get the ball in his hands, see what he can do. Amen. But, you know, it's it's a kind of a first world problem to be thinking about who's going to factor, who, who are going to be the guys at tight end this time. And, you know, with Russell Wilson, I think a lot, I think too much is made over his, you know, the tropes act that he's reticent to use the middle of the field, that he's never, you know, targeted tight ends that much. I, you know, hey, look, if I'm wrong on this, it won't be the first thing I've been wrong on. But I am inclined, Zach, to attribute that to more of how the scheme function in Seattle than I am per se to Russ being, you know, not a six foot plus tall quarterback. Plus again, except for Jimmy Graham, what star tight end has Russell Wilson ever really had? Greg Olson in the later part of his career. I mean, Will Disley, Gerald Everett, these aren't, you know, in their prime, all pro guys. So maybe him having a young ascending talent like Albert O and Dulcich for that matter, maybe it'll change the narrative this year. We'll have to wait and see. I remember the, uh, MHH guys, the draft guys, when Everett was coming out, um, they liked him. They liked him a lot. But tight end in Seattle is kind of where you're, you know, Seattle is kind of where tight ends go to disappear into irrelevance. So the Duchess, hiya family, love you all. We love you too. You know this. Nash the fifth. Good to see you, big dog. Appreciate Thank that you. super. Good evening, priests and Broncos country. He says football season cannot come any slower. It's been a while since I've been able to tune in. Do you guys think the Broncos got any steals in the draft? Appreciate that, Nash. Some people really think Nick Benito at pick 64 was a steal. Really. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I don't know about that. We'll see how that pans out. But like... I'm um, trying to remember now. Nick wrote a bunch of different articles covering so much of the initial um, reaction around the NFL to the Benito pick. So I can't remember exactly who to attribute that to. But So he could be a steal. But uh, I always butcher his name, dude. Fourth Uzurike. round pick. It was Arike. That's my guy for yeah. the steal that could end up being. You know, when you look back on this class, Five years from now, who are going to be the, the the mavens that you say, here's where George Payton got it right. I think Benito has a chance to be one of those guys. And same with Dulcich. But Uzurike, that's my guy. I think that's the guy that you're going to look back and go, whoa, Broncos got him in the fourth round. Good on George. Yeah, my guy is the other fourth rounder, Damari Mathis. Mm -hmm. That was a possible third round talent. Fell right to them. Perfect uh, slot replacement or, you know, in coinciding with K1 Williams, I think they're going to value from their fourth round picks. I think that was their best round of the draft, to be quite frank with you, was the fourth round. I wouldn't say Montrell Washington will be a steal because he was a fifth round guy, could have been a UDFA, but I think the impact he's going to make on the stat sheet, a lot of Broncos fans are going to look back and think, damn, I'm glad we got him where we did. Hey, if he ends up being a Trinity, Trinity, trend and holiday caliber returner for this team shoot i'll sing his praises all day long montreal washington but time will tell tyler hey what's going on bro thank you for the super connect on twitter welcome appreciate you i know it's not your very first super but one of your first why did they say we bought why did they say we bought primetime games 
with getting Wilson. It got me upset. I definitely don't agree with ESPN. I don't know how they could say that. Well, it's just it's just a hot take. It's them saying, look, if because look at it like this, Tyler. Let's say the Broncos don't make a tectonic move. They don't acquire Russ. How many of those, because the opponents were known well before Russ came to town. It was just a matter of order of games in the schedule and how many would be primetime. So if Drew Locke and a rookie, let's say Desmond Ritter, whatever, was your projected quarterback room in 2022, Tyler, how many of those 17 games would you guess would be primetime? I would say they'd probably still get the obligatory one. They Each team is guaranteed one no matter what, mandated. I would say that's probably what they would have gotten if they didn't get Russ. So it's easy for someone to say that they bought the five primetime games. But remember, this is a team that's been in obscurity from a national perspective for six years now. I mean, it's one thing... To, to win the Super Bowl and then your quarterback Hall of Famer retires and you go through a couple of years, down years, trying to figure it out again. But like the Broncos became the first team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl and then miss the playoffs in each of the following five years. So they've got some goodwill, I guess what I'm getting at here, Zach, to recreate here. And if someone wants to say that they bought the fight, dude, they didn't get Russ here in an effort to get five primetime games. Right. They got Russ here to win. And with Russ comes media scrutiny. That's a good thing. That's exactly the point I was going to make. They didn't buy primetime games. They bought the quarterback. And with the quarterback, especially one of Russell Wilson's caliber, comes the primetime games. I haven't seen that take, Tyler. Shoot that if you have it in the comment section. I'd like to see who said it, the context of it. But that's ESPN for you. And I'll say it once more. The national media are idiotic when it comes to the Denver Broncos. They have no idea what they're talking about. It's all for hot takes. It's all for this reason alone, to get us talking about it and getting us riled up. I'm not giving in. Next question, please. <laughs> hey, shout out to Big T. Good to see you tonight, my dog. Uh, GLP, thanks for the feedback, guys. It will be interesting to see how it goes. Yes, it will. Um, while we're on the subject here, Zach, talking about the quotes today, well, let me let's grab Phil, and then I want to talk about a couple of things oh, Quinn Miner said because I know you got a you've got a piece coming out on Alberto, and Luke yes. has a piece coming out on uh, Miners. But uh, Phil says, "Evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Big congrats to Mark. Also loved Kim on the new show, beckoning the Broncos Wednesday mornings, uh, seven a.m. Mountain. Facebook is working on my stars problem, so hopefully I can support soon. Let's ride. You got a hold of a human being. Good for you, dog." And appreciate the hashtag, MHH for life. Love that, dude. We're going to be putting that out on some merch here in the next few days. And we're going to be doing some really cool, fun new stuff with our merch, involving it in our um, podcast programming a little bit more as we move forward. But love that, dude. Thank you. I'm just shaking my head still at that ESPN troop. You know how inconvenient primetime games can be? Short week, putting the team on primetime. They're going to buy five primetime games. I mean, just when do you think they can't get any dumber, they would say something like that on brand for ESPN. Dude, I just had, as you said that, like halfway through that phrase, I saw Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber. Just when I think you couldn't get any dumber, pregnant pause, you go and redeem yourself. Totally redeem yourself. Yep. Shout out. Lloyd Christmas. Harry Dunn in the house. Um, who was it that, let's see, uh, Tyler, 
no promises, but there's a decent chance you might be able to bait Zach into writing about that ESPN. <laughs> that's that's why I want him to send it. If you put the link in the chat, <laughs> yes, find it, find where it was, and put the link in the chat, and he might actually write about it, and maybe you'll even get a shout out in the piece. Maybe we'll see. Um, Zach Quinn Miners, he's dropping some lbs. So last year as a rookie, third round pick. He played, according to him, his playing weight was around 330 pounds. This year, he's down to 320. Why? Well, getting back to the question about the scheme and whatnot, Broncos are running that wide zone, that zone blocking scheme, where you got to be a dancing bear, you know, light on your on your toes, uh, able to move laterally. And uh, being in a phone booth, there's going to be times where you need to have that raw one-on-one power that Miners possesses and that and a few additional LBs can help with, but this scheme is going to prioritize brains, athleticism. And so he is losing some weight. He also talked about Butch Berry, which we can get into, but obviously Quinn Miner is going to play a pretty big role in this offensive line. I think in 2022, does this mean he's losing his belly? What are we going to do? If he loses his belly chat, what are we going to talk about? No, I mean, I, I think he's taking the right approach in this scheme compared to Mike Munchak's. It would behoove him and the linemen to be a little lighter, a little more um, easier on their feet, more able to move around the pocket. And I think uh, it'll na- enable him to do that. I read that he's not a shoe-in uh, based on some of the comments that he's made, the coaches have made for right guard. I'm thinking to myself, who else are you going to start there? I mean, really, Wattenberg, the rookie, is more of a center. I don't think you're going to make him start there. You're not going to put in Muti there. He showed pretty well, Miners, at right Mm -hmm. guard as a rookie, and he's someone, one of the few people along the Broncos' front five they can build on. I'm excited to see how he develops in year two because it was, I mean, he wasn't perfect. Um, But, yeah, it's going to be fun to see how he builds on that. The Duchess says – Thank you again, Michaela. We need a new T-shirt, MHH Star, Star Master. Master for our Facebook family members. Star Master, I do like that. Let me let that kind of dance on the tongue in between the ears for a little bit here. We'll 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 see if it sticks. But I like the idea. You're right. We need something for the Facebook folks. We need something, Zach, to send out to specific super chat superstars yes, for sure. that that earn the superstar moniker. Good ideas you got there, Michaela. Uh, George Fox, what's up, big dog? Thank you for your take on the team. You keep us all informed as much as possible. Thanks again. Denver Bronx for life. MHH for life. That's awesome, dude. Appreciate that feedback, my friend. You know, sometimes you get into the offseason and, and you know, you're in beginning of June or I should say like toward the end of June, beginning of July, and you're like, what are we going to talk about tonight, Zach? But we just get on and we talk with you guys and what's on your mind. and. Uh, Pre- preview and project what's going to happen in camp what's going to happen is man i'll echo something i that nick said i listened to uh, broncos for breakfast this morning and as of course just like you guys do i know everyone's listening to the show but he talked about you know hey you got to get up at 6 a.m in his neck of the woods to to do broncos for breakfast man what a bummer what a burden he's like no nah, i mean i'm lucky to be able to get up at 6 a.m and talk about the freaking denver broncos and talk football yep to a waiting and willing and, and uh, passionate, supportive audience. And I we feel the same way here. So anyway, Gary, what's up, dude? Appreciate that. 
Chad and I had the same thought. We were sitting there in the Vegas, you know, workroom and thinking to ourselves, like, we're in Vegas right now to cover a football event. Like, how lucky are we? How blessed are we? And you guys make our jobs that much easier. Like Chad talked about, I mean, we don't have to ever have to have any set topic pretty much because you guys lead the show with your interaction and your analysis and the debate. I love the contrarian opinions as well. I love going over different points of view. You guys make the show what it is. And uh, like Chad's doing right now, we take our hats off to you. Most deaf. Um, as Scott says, beats working for a living. That's right. If you can find something, one of the secrets to life that one of my mentors taught me is if you can find a way to make a living at something that it doesn't feel like work, then you have found the glitch in the matrix. You've cracked the code. Count yourself a lucky and blessed individual, and that's how we feel here. So appreciate you guys. Uh, Spencer, Zach, here we go. Wow. Big throwdown super from Spencer in Wisconsin. A that's newer a newer name. name too, right? Welcome, Spencer. Thank you so much. He says, greetings from Wisconsin and shout out to Miners as I lived in the same town as him. Also, shout out to the hometown Packers, but they disappoint me on different levels. Ha ha. Excited to see the new Orange Crush defense. Let's ride. So it looks like Miners has converted a uh, native cheesehead to the orange and blue. So welcome, dude. We love that. Appreciate you. And that's kind of cool. I don't know. Did you know him or you just know you're from the same town? That's really cool, though. And Spencer would know firsthand how good Nathaniel Hackett could be with the Broncos, considering he watched him with the Packers, I'm sure. So I uh, definitely appreciate having you around here, Spencer. And thank you for your contribution. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah, that is awesome, dude. That is very cool. Hope to see you around more in the chat, my friend. Uh, Jeremy says, I have a feeling Chubb will be traded this year. Bradley Chubb. <clears throat> Pardon me. I wonder, maybe he didn't give full effort last year team is loaded with rushers well there's a lot of bodies but very few of them have proven production in the league so yes it's it's a lot of potential but not so much proven production um i don't really have that same feeling that he'll be traded for what it's worth jeremy but he's very much in a make or break do or die situation and as long as he stays healthy as you guys have heard me say on this podcast like Bradley Chubb gives you a Pro Bowl caliber presence on the edge and rushing the passer. It's just a matter of fending off that freaking virulent bug. So if he can keep away from injuries, I think Chubb's going to have, could have his best year as a pro, which could lead to him getting life-changing money. I mean, just the money he made on his rookie contract, Zach, is the fifth overall pick, $22 million gross. So cut that in half after Uncle Sam takes half of it, basically. Um, that's still, if, if someone just walked up to you and said, here for five years, well, for, for 22 million ish for the four plus, then you get the fifth year. So here's 35 million, you know, here's 17, 18 million dollars. That's going to change your life forever, right? But if he goes out there this year and crushes it and stays on the field, he's looking at 25 million per year on a four, three, four year deal type thing, whether it's with the Broncos or someone else. And that's, where it starts stretching beyond your life and to your kids and multi-generational potentially. So that's what's on the table for Chubb, but he's got to stay healthy. Agreed. I just don't see the incentive for another team to trade a draft pick for Chubb who's in a contract year. Why not wait until March when he hits the open market for free? Plus, he's not that cheap. He's, what, $13 million salary cap hit? That's a pretty penny. 
for a player who's unproven. So, no, I think he'll stay with the Broncos. And I didn't get the sense that he lacked effort or took plays off or whatever. I think he gave full effort, but he can only do so much when he's playing in a scheme that didn't get the best out of Bradley Chubb or anybody else, and he was battling injuries. If he stays healthy, I think he can give the Broncos 10, 12 sacks. By the way, Phil says maybe I found the solution with some stars here. He's throwing down stars. That's Dude, always the solution. Those big-time stars. So thank you, buddy. means a lot. Helping us get to the goal. You know this, Greg. He loves it too. By the way, Greg, I just noticed that's a signed A.J. Bouye jersey you got there in your profile pic. Dope. Uh, Phil says more to come. Hey, dude, to us, it's just a blessing and a remarkable thing that you're working to overcome the algo bots just so that you can support MHH on Facebook. So love you, big dog. It's a war we've been fighting for years now. Oh, yes. Good to see he's strapped up. It's never over. You're always battling as a publisher against the Algobots. EJ, miners should be even better in year two, stronger, faster, smarter. I think so. I think he's one of those guys that can take a quantum leap. Not can. I think he will take a quantum leap forward. I think he'll be a day one starter at right guard, even though today, Zach, uh, you know, because nothing has been set in stone, and he's still a young guy. Of course, he's not going to, um, you know, stake claim to anything that he hasn't been told by the team is his. But uh, he's going to start a right guard. Question is, who starts at center? And even Dalton Reisner, jury's out, dude. Like, he's going to have to sing for his supper this time. You know, he was a uh, 2019 pick under Vic. So that staff, Mike Munchak, they hit the bricks. They're gone. No one in that building now, as far as the coaching staff on the offensive side, has any kind of commitment to Dalton Reisner or like that past, no, we believe in you. The front office still might believe in Dalton Reisner, and there's a lot of reason to believe in Dalton Reisner. And just as like a leader and a, just what he brings to the table intangible side is very, very valuable. But aside from a really solid rookie year where he made the PFWA all-rookie team, year two and year three, I mean, year two, outside of him literally picking up Philip Lindsay and chucking him over a goal line in Green Bay, outside of that play, forgettable season. Each year, it's kind of been kind of a regression, steady regression from Dalton Reisner. So he's going to have to beat out Tom Compton, who is going to compete at guard and tackle. He's going to have to beat out Natani Muti. Uh, who's the other? Ben Braden um, from Green Bay. So we'll see. Left guard up in the air, center up in the air. I don't think right guard is like, it's not going to be Graham Glasgow unless Zach, they end up thinking someone else shines at a different spot, whatever. So they say, no, we're going to put, we're going to put minors at left guard. Dalton, go sit down. Uh, you know, Lloyd, you're going to start at center again and we're keeping Glasgow at right guard. Maybe either way, minors going to start. He made the same kind of point uh, I was going to make in that I wish there were someone better on either side of Quinn Miners if he's at right guard. Because to his right is Billy Turner, and to his left, in a best-case scenario, is who? Graham Glasgow or Lloyd Cushenberry. I wish there was an all-star there, a pro bowler, someone that Miners can lean on, uh, you know, on snap-to-snap basis and also the locker room, kind of a mentor on that line uh, working next to him. But he should be able to hold his own. And behind Garrett Bowles, he's pretty much the only Broncos lineman you can get excited about. Take of that what you will from Graham, uh, yeah, Graham Glasgow from uh, Quinn Miners. 
You know, Glasgow had some uh, games started in Detroit as a center. So I think that's going to be one of the intriguing components that we're all going to look forward to in because we are the nerds, right? We're sitting here in the offseason on May 19th talking about the Denver Broncos offensive line. The vast majority of Broncos fans, I shouldn't say couldn't care less, but that's not really what they're worried about right now. They're not listening to podcasts. They're waiting until the games come back on. Or they might start paying attention again when training camp rolls around. But, like, you guys are the most dedicated hardcore of the hardcore. And uh, you care about these things. So do we. So we're going to be very intrigued to see how that whole offensive line competition shapes up. Because, really, everything is up for grabs outside of left tackle. Nothing worse than a fair weather fan. And we don't have a single one in this audience or any audience on the MHH network. Uh but it's fun. We're talking about not just the starters, but like the backups, like third string right guards on May 19th. That's what we do, though. And like we talked about, we love it. We're blessed to do it. Robert Otteson in the house. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the super. He says, hi again, boys from Nevada. My family has had season tickets since 1967. I'm excited to see the Broncos in the preseason again against the Cowboys. I hate them. Yeah, dude, it's easy to, to hate the Cowboys because, you know, they were christened America's team back in the 70s. And for any other team in America not named the Cowboys, that's a little bit of an affront. Although, during the Peyton Manning era, based on polling, when the average American was asked, who's America's team? They didn't say the Dallas Cowboys. They said the Denver Broncos. And then, of course, Peyton retires. And the crap hits the fan, and now, of course, it's the Cowboys again. Yeah, during those times, it was whoever's playing the Patriots and Tom Brady as America's team. That was the team to pull for. But, you know, a lot of things have went wrong the last five years. One thing that's went right is how the Broncos have played the Cowboys. 2017 blew them out. 2021 blew them out. I mean, they've had pretty good luck against the Cowboys. Hope to see it continue on August 13th. One of my favorite Bronco memories of the 2000s was Thanksgiving Day. Uh, was it oh four or three? It was either three or four. Ron Dane, freaking former Heisman winner at Nebraska, went gangbusters. He, he signed, you know, he was signed as kind of like, yeah, we can plug anyone into our system, you know, in the Shanahan scheme, turn him into a thousand yard guy. I don't think he ever got to a thousand as a Bronco in a season anyway, but he had a day on the road at Dallas in that game, and it was on Thanksgiving and. It was cool because you don't often get to see the Broncos on Thanksgiving, but that day you did, or that year, I should say, you did, and Ron Dane went off. The Broncos own America's team. Put it on a T-shirt. Hmm. (laughs) Just the Bronco horse stomping on the star, something like that. Yes. Ideas. We are at 42 minutes. Uh, We got plenty of time left, but – we're toward the uh, we're on the back nine, so to speak. Here, let me pull up a couple things I wanted to get to um, tonight as well. Specifically, Zach, as it relates to one Russell Wilson. So this was kind of cool. I mean, we knew that Russ was going to have a chance this year to become the next quarterback to defeat all thirty-two teams in his illustrious NFL career. But this is something John Breach of CBS Sports brought up. I'm going to go ahead and quote this piece from Bob Morris. John Breach of CBS Sports brought up this factoid, noting that Russell Wilson, 
of course, could become the youngest ever, youngest quarterback to have beaten all 32 teams. So Bob says here, uh, Breach brought up uh, this factoid, noting that the Seahawks and Chargers are the only teams Wilson has not defeated. Now, if he does manage to knock off, of course, he's going to beat the Chargers. That's only a matter of course. Even if it doesn't happen this year, it's going to happen during his time as a Bronco. But if he doesn't beat the Seahawks this year, it's going to be four years, or is it three? I'm trying to remember how that works. Either way, four, till he gets to face him again. And you never know. Nothing's guaranteed in the league. He wants to play another 10 or 12, but you, you got to get him while you can now. So if he beats the Seahawks, Zach, in week one, which Broncos are favored by almost four points at this stage, then all you got to do is split once or split with the Chargers and you become you you take over Peyton Manning currently is the youngest quarterback in NFL history to have uh, beaten all 32 and Wilson will take over so the only quarterbacks to have ever done that by the way Brett Favre Peyton Manning Drew Brees and Tom Brady that is a who's who Zach right there yeah it's pretty good company and I do like this little stat but the bigger thing is that Russell Wilson has to beat Seattle he has to there's no way he can lose that game. Not just because uh, the Broncos would start 0-1, because it's at Seattle, it's prime time. You have to show that you're still the Russell Wilson of years past and not let the exit in Seattle define you. It, it, it's going to set the tone, I think, for the entire season, honestly, for the Broncos and Wilson. So he has to come out and be victorious in that game. Fortunately, I think he will. It'll be light work defeating Geno Smith or Drew Locke, and he'll do it at Seattle in front of his once-adoring 12s, who will now be booing him. It's going to be sweet, sweet revenge. Kind of surprises me. Kurt Warner is not on this list, by the way. Whoops, I didn't see that ad was up. My bad. I was just doing some uh, Google research. It surprises me. Kurt Warner is not amongst that crew here. Let's see. Oh, let's see. He went 0-4 all-time against the Bucks. He went 0-1 against the Chiefs, did Kurt Warner, and 0-1 against the Cardinals. So he did beat the other teams. He beat the Packers, who he had a cup of coffee with. He beat the, let's see, the Giants. Where's the Giants? He beat the Giants, and then he beat the Rams. Let's see. Yeah, he was 7-2 and two against the Rams all time because, you know, they played in the same division when he landed in uh, Arizona. But anyway, pretty cool. Russell Wilson, hey, dude. He's just got some some momentum right now, dude. And... Knowing what we know about him, man, I think Broncos fans might even be sleeping on just how cool this next, this coming era is going to be with Russ. It's going to be championship filled, whether it's AFC or Super Bowl, championship filled. But guys, you know, unless you have anything else burning on your mind, I think, I mean, we're going to dip out of here. There's nothing else pressing. I mean, we could talk about Zach. I'm trying to remember who was the other one, Malik Reed. I guess we can talk about this real quick. This is worth it, and then we'll dip on out of here unless anyone has a burning comment or question or super or whatever. Um, but on if there were specific reasons why Malik Reed decided to stay in Denver and whether there was – because remember, he entered free agency this year as a restricted free agent. So as a restricted free agent, they can negotiate with outside teams, and if an outside team you know actually makes them an offer um, – the Broncos would have had the prerogative to match it. And if not match it, then, um, you know, give up picks or whatever. So did he have interest though? Here's what Malik said, quote, there was interest. No doubt. I was keeping it really close knit. It was a conversation between me, my agent and my family. Ultimately, this is where I wanted to be. 
And that's why I ended up coming back here. I'm excited, Zach, about what we have going forward, close quote. So he has, uh, and then lastly, he says, I've built relationships here. I enjoy Denver and I love the trajectory of everything that's going on. I want to be part of a winning team and a winning organization. That's why I decided to stay in Denver. So Malik Reed, hey, you know, he's had, I think he's definitely outkicked his coverage as a former undrafted free agent out of Nevada. Never been on a winning team in the NFL. This is his chance. We'll see how he feels in March when he's an unrestricted free agent and he's given the option of maybe coming back to Denver on a team-friendly deal or exploring his uh, options elsewhere. This was the uh, question or comment I wanted to get to, though, Chad. Facebook user, can't see who it is, has handed Hold on, out- can I just say one thing and then you grab it? Yeah. Facebook user, the reason it says Facebook user is you're watching this stream from the MHH Superfan group, and because of whatever rules Facebook has, in order for your name and profile to show up, you have to give StreamYard permission to do that, and it's a separate step. FYI, Zach, as you work. This is a really cool topic that I, I like going over. It could be fun anyway. He says, uh, or they say, MVP Russell Wilson, Offensive Player of the Year Javante Williams, Defensive Player of the Year Randy Gregory, Offensive Rookie of the Year Greg Dulcich, Defensive Rookie of the Year Nick Benito, and Comeback Player of the Year KJ Hamler. I agree uh, with KJ, if I can scroll back to that comment and see the, yeah, see the other names. I feel like, though, if Russ wins MVP, he's going to also win Opoi. He's going to be the best player on offense as well. Defensive player of the year, I could see Gregory, but I'm a huge, huge PS2 guy. This is going to be an all-pro cornerback. He's going to lead the Broncos in picks, I feel like, so he's going to be the depoy. I think O'Roy you got, D-Roy you got, and uh, I would love to see KJ stay healthy and win comeback player because he's put on some muscle. Uh, he's been through a lot, and I'm rooting for him. So, And he is – very, very ahead of schedule, according to him, yeah. on his injuries. Um, yeah, Russ will be the MVP, but just for the sake of, hey, offense, can it be someone different besides the MVP? Javante Williams is the Offensive Player of the Year. That would be cool. Um, and yeah, Dale, sorry, my bad. Wisconsin, not, not Nebraska, on uh, Rondé. Um, but I'm going to say Cortland Sutton ends up as the Offensive Player of the Year. For the Denver Broncos, defensive player of the year. I'm with Zach on PS2. It's either going to be PS2 or Justin Simmons. I would love it if it were one of the edge rushers, but can't really bank on those guys quite yet. Offensive rookie, I mean, what do you got, Zach? You got Dulcich and Montrell Washington and And, some offensive linemen. So, yeah, that's probably right. Defensive rookie, Benito. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a Wuzurike, but... It'd be even better if it's Benito. Come back, yeah, Hamler, that makes sense to me. So very fun question, comments. Appreciate that, Facebook user. I'll pick a bone with MVP. I think the MVP of the season will be George Payton. Just for getting the whole band in place, you know, acquiring Russell Wilson, hiring Nathaniel Hackett, putting this band together. Uh, The Broncos are in really, really good hands with GP. With that, Zach, you want to uh, do our – our rundown and I'll pull up the shout outs. Absolutely. Thank you all for tuning in with us. Another great week of podcasting. Hope you all have a great weekend. We're back on Sunday night, same time, same place, six o'clock mountain, eight o'clock Eastern until that time, follow us on Twitter at huddle a pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself, Kelberman NFL, follow Scott on Twitter at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know what it is, you know where it is. Huddle get your merch on. 
as soon as you feel up to it. And also Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please, as you see it ticking below you, do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Yes, indeed. I almost forgot, but I didn't. So better late than than never. Here are the rankings for the Super Chat Superstar Contest on YouTube. Top five finishers, go in the hat, raffle, Broncos jersey of their choosing. Ethan of the DWI guys still maintains number one. Michael still at number two. The Duchess at three. Pobby at four. Tanner at five. So less my memories uh, fogging up on me. That's the same fo- top five. Uh, of the last couple of updates. And then D-Dub at six, Sam Bam at seven. Sam Bam could be climbing. Shane, Naj, Paul, Bronco Sunrise, Casey Nickel, Mark from Georgia going to be climbing. Uh, Schrader will probably climb this week. I would guess Zeus could be as well, FYI. Um, And then a shout out to our great star supporters tonight, Phil McLaughlin, battling the Algobots to finish on top. Really appreciate that, buddy. Gary Leeds Palmer, Jeremy Kusich, David Wilder, Gary Sorensen, Lawrence Rivera, and George Fox. And then to give the shout out specifically for the superstars on tonight's live stream, navigating over to YouTube real quick here. We got the Duchess, of course, throwing down huge. Mark throwing down. Zachary Smouse throwing down. Sam Bam. Michael Ronquillo, Mr. Consistent. That's what I'm going to call you from now on. Mr. Consistent. Kenny Wong. Nash the fifth, Tyler, Spencer, Robert Audison, much love and respect. Don't forget tomorrow morning on the bright <clears throat> Legends of Mile High podcast with Thomas Hall. That starts at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. And then Zach and I will see you Sunday. Have a great weekend, guys and gals. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.